Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome to the third behind-the-scenes episode of Focus Fire Chat. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 Joining us for this chat, we have JustInsane0516 and Mel. How are, how are you two doing tonight? Fantastic. Pretty good. You're, you're good, too? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I realized as I was saying that, I was like, this is a bad idea. Okay, we'll just roll with this. This is a new format. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was just like, is Justin going to go first? He usually goes first. I really wish we'd have said the same thing at the same time. And then we, could just... we should have texted our, our, each other that and then said it the exact same time, exact same time and went one, two, three, go. Great. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, we also have with us a woman who many of the Destiny community know, the lady of music herself, Lady Desiree. Desiree, how are Hello. how are you doing tonight? <laughs> I am great. And just in case someone out there doesn't already know, can you let us know where everyone can find you? Um, I am on YouTube as Lady Desiree. Um, I'm on Twitter as Lady Desiree Zero Zero. And I'm on Twitch as Lady Desiree. Perfect. D S I R E. Love consistency. <laughs> and yeah, we'll, I and wanted Lady Desiree on Twitter, but somebody already took it, unfortunately. So. Isn't that's like the story of like everyone? Everyone has had their their names taken. It's very sad. No, Not me. Rude. Except for Justin, apparently. That's <laughs> <It's> rude. <laughs> <laughs> so. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. The Behind the Scenes series is a way for us to step out of the world of game lore and talk about other aspects of the community that we're so proud to be a part of. It also allows us a chance to sit down and really get to chat with well-versed individuals from within that aspect of the community, giving us a chance to really explore the topic. This chat will be discussing the development and execution of music with a focus on the application and implementation into video games. So without further ado... I'm going to let Desiree give us a bit of an introduction how she personally was introduced to the music scene and what her got in what got her into video game music in particular. So if you if you would please, Desiree. <laughs> All right. Well, I've uh, been playing the piano since I was four years old. Um, my father was a concert pianist and a music professor, and so uh, it just. I just took to it very easily. Both my sisters um, are singers, so we kind of are a musical family and studied classical piano and went to college for music as well at Florida State. And um, I got into composition actually a few years after I graduated. Unfortunately, I, I did take some composition theory classes while I was at Florida State, but while I was in college, I focused more on actual performing um, with piano than than writing music so but I just um you know how did I write my first song I can't honestly I can't remember what what prompted me to write my first song but I I I remember what it was it was called it was called um diving into you (laughs) just like it was like a little love song and um it just came to me so easily and I just found so much joy in writing it 
And so I started writing more instrumental music and songs at that point. And then life just got really busy. Um, I have three children and I kind of just put it on the back burner and concentrated on teaching piano, which is what I've been doing for the last, well, actually since I was in college, so quite a while. Um, but then I, um, well, actually, so my father passed away and I was extremely close to him. And so it was, it was very, very de- devastating for me. And I, I was still teaching piano that time, but I really kind of just wasn't playing the piano for fun. Like I would, over all these years, I've always sat down and played the piano for fun and just pulled out music that I liked and um, accompanied singers and that sort of thing. But at that point, I really just didn't want to play because I had been working on a piece with my father before he passed away. And like every time I sat down, it just made me sad. I just didn't want to do it. But one day while I was playing Destiny and it was uh, Destiny had been out for just a few months at that point. Um, I just was, I was loving what I was hearing in orbit and it was the theme, the excerpt from the ecstasy. And um, I went online and Googled trying to find the the track and I couldn't find it anywhere. So I decided, okay, well, I'm just going to listen to it and come up with my own arrangement. And so I did, I sat down, I did it. And um, I went ahead and made a video of it and posted on YouTube just on a whim. And it got picked up on Destiny Reddit and um, Marty O'Donnell tweeted it out and it just, it just took off. That's actually why I even created Twitter, a Twitter account. I didn't have a Twitter account until I found out Marty O'Donnell tweeted me. I was like, Oh, I guess I better, or he tweeted out about it. It was like, I guess I better join Twitter so I can find out what he said. Cause I was blown away by that. And um, I, I, that's really what got me back in the plane. I have, I really have to credit all of this to that one piece which I, is still my favorite of all the Destiny music. And um, once I really found like the, there was an audience who enjoyed hearing my arrangements, I got really sucked into the Destiny community and just started doing more and more of it. And um, it's kind of gone from there. And now I've started writing again. And I wrote, um, I helped Bife out for his 300,000 subs um, rebranding for his intro. And um just a little things like that on the side here and there. So yeah, <laughs> sorry. That was a really long answer. No, no. I mean, of all the reasons to get a Twitter account, that that's a, that's a pretty good <laughs> yeah, one. Cause Marty O'Donnell tweeted you. Yes. Yeah. That's the best. So yeah, far. I think that, that, that definitely wins the, the best logical reason to do that. <laughs> it was, it was a pretty cool moment for sure. I yeah. was definitely squealing like a little 12 year old, when I found that. I don't, I don't blame you. Down. <laughs> Not going to blame you at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so like, you know, obviously a lot of people have, um, they're the, usually the most basic question is, you know, like, do you have any musical influences from over your entire lifespan? I know you kind of, you kind of mentioned that, but like, were, are there any specific uh, influences over your life that have that still influence you when you're writing music, either for yourself or when you're doing compilations for like games that you've played or anything like. That. Which, by the way, the fact that you wrote that from just hearing the music blows me away. Still, yeah, we'll get to that later. Yeah, I, it's just, I, I'm like, I, you know, and we were kind of, and I, you know, we were kind of talking a little bit before. Like, I know how to play a couple like I play bass and I play piano 
and I've played trumpet and like, and, you know, I, I know a little bit about each of these instruments. And so like I can play, I can pick up sheet music and I can read it, but I don't, I cannot fathom how to write. And so like for, for me, you know, especially I was very excited to be able to talk to you because this is something that's always been very interesting to me. So like how, how does, what, what influences are still with you from your life? If you could, you know, do you have anything specific that comes to mind? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I mentioned my father, what he, what he performed was, uh, music by George Gershwin. Um, and listeners might not be familiar with who that is, but if you heard the Rhapsody in Blue, you would probably recognize it. That was his most famous piece, but he wrote a lot of other stuff too. And um, so I grew up hearing my dad play this music all the time uh, and a lot of other music as well, but the music from that era, and it was kind of, kind of think of sort of that kind of, well, before the big band era, but just slightly before that, it was very, very melodic. So it had, the emphasis was on the melody, always had a really strong melody and um, so when I write, I tend to write stuff with a strong melody. And that I, I, that, that, that era of music um, is just, and musicals from that time period, that's just what I grew up hearing. It's very, very like seeped into my, my being. So um, I would say that's probably my biggest influence. Uh, I mean, I still, I like to listen to, to modern stuff too, stuff on the radio, but um, but I, I definitely feel like I was born the wrong era. I love the music from <laughs> back from like the forties and thirties and twenties. I love that, that kind of music. That's, that's, I mean, yeah, I, I can, and that's just, I don't know. Like it's, it's to me, it's just two different ways of perceiving the world really. Um, and it's just to, you know, like I can't, I I personally and Justin I know probably has more experience with this than I do since he actually has written some of his own music but like to me it's just like how you how you guys can can take that like I listen to music like big band music or electro swing and you know different different types of music I'm pretty eclectic in my in the music that I listen to and like I know what I like but I couldn't tell you oh yeah this is what makes it the way you know, this is what makes it mm-hmm. enjoyable to listen to. Um, and I know that was, that was actually, that actually kind of leads into another question, um, you know, for, and this is kind of more specifically for video games. Well, and I guess, I guess it kind of applies to everything, but like, how, how is it that you take, how do you compose music that creates a unique feeling, um, Either, you know, whether that be a specific emotional um, sense or a, you know, an emphasis on an action, you know, like in a video game, you know, how do you create a, a, a piece that focuses on something like that, like that drives a person to pay attention and to be, you know, like action music or not mm-hmm. action, you know, how, how does that mm-hmm. compass, Justin, do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Like how, how would you just go about creating an emotion? Yeah. Like, Um, I mean, like, how do you, what's, what's the process, I I guess? I mean, I think it's different for everybody, first of all, and different, different games are going to have a different tone to it. Um, So, you know, where, like if you're playing a Mario game or Zelda game, it might sound a little 
well, Mario, especially might sound, sound lighthearted. And so like, if I'm sitting down, I want to kind of play something style like a Mario style. That's, that's, um, that's like an overworld thing, you know, kind of cheerful. Then I sort of know like how rhythmically what would be in that style, which is a, it's very, the word you would use would be like syncopated rhythm. So, um, there's 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 certain it just it just depends <laughs> it depends on the game and it depends on the mood and there's just you there's so many things to consider you know melody harmony and rhythm and and how you want to go about doing that instrumentation the instruments you use are that's huge you know you can compl- you have a totally different sound um if you are using a full full orchestra versus just you know like a little um like a like a little eight bit, you know, keyboard or 16 bit, whatever sounded like the old um, retro games. Um, so there's, there's, there's so many different ways to approach it. It just, it all, it all depends, I guess, on what your end goal, what you want it to be, you know? Right. Right. And Justin, I know you, you had something related. I'm- no, yeah. And, and I think, and I've never arranged anything more than one instrument. So, um, but each instrument seems to have a voice mm-hmm. and just like Desiree was saying, um, uh, things like tempo rhythm. Um, and in a lot of cases like the, like the scale you use, I mean, I'm not musically mm-hmm. trained in it. Like the major scale I know sounds very happy. <laughs> the minor <laughs> scale sounds kind of downtrodden, but the, one of the best um, examples of music um, driving an emotion is, and I can't, I wish I could remember the specific mission, but it's one of those halo two missions when you're about to land on a new halo and there's these real like kind of uh upbeat Picado like strings going on, like going that, I've never been like, Oh, let's get out of the ship. Let's go. There's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. we got to do. Let's do it now. And, and that's completely 100% the music because it's certainly what was wasn't what was happening on the screen because it was basically just a beach. I think it was actually the Delta Halo <laughs> mission. Oh but, um, yeah, no, I know, I know which one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But y- you've got these like really upbeat um, strings and woodwinds in the background, just kind of like just just almost like a woodpecker on your shoulder, just like <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're gonna go do this now. You're gonna <laughs> oh, shoot definitely, some things. yeah, yeah. That. And, uh, I love, I love, love, love Marty O'Donnell's work. And I think it's, it's music. Um, in a lot of the, when we did this with Morla, um, and I think I said the same thing, but music is really moved and the production value of music and video games has moved so much to where it's, you know, music and video games is, I hear some of the best music I hear in video games now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really can invoke a lot of emotions. Um, For sure. But I, w- I was kind of wondering when you're when you're trying to invoke emotions with a piano piece with one with one instrument, how do you how do you go about it? All right. Well, let me think here. So if I'm. If I am taking we'll just use some destiny arrangements as for as examples since we're more familiar with those um, pieces. Okay. So like the Oryx theme, da, 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 you know, what plays on the opening um, starting screen before mm-hmm. rise iron mm-hmm. came out. 
that one had a really ominous sound to it. And so what I did was um, when I arranged it, I took uh, the some low C sharps because it was in C sharp minor. And I just went back and back, back and forth with my, as with an octave. <laughs> like, I'm doing it in the air right now, but you guys can't see what I'm doing. <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, that kind of, that creates that, like that um, anticipation where the, where the, you know, it's building and building and building. And then I start out really slow, da, 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 like really kind of creepy. And it's in, again, it's in that minor key, like you talked about earlier. And then um, I had it build and build and build until boom, da, 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 you know, and it was really big at that point. And, and I did a lots of what's called arpeggios where you're, t- you're taking the, um, taking a chord and you're, and you're repeating the notes all the way up the octave. I use arpeggios a lot in my music. They sound impressive and they're not that hard. So I love stuff like that. (laughs) And um, definitely the challenge for the piano is, well, the challenge and also the blessing, because that's what's so great about the piano is because you have such a wide range, you can do so much more with it as a solo instrument than you can with a lot of other instruments. So many other instruments that have to rely on more than one to, you know, for it to sound pleasant, I think. Um, but the piano, you can have, you can listen to hours and hours on a solo piano and it can sound really nice. And it's because you have such a wide range of low notes and high notes, and you can do so much, uh, with the dynamics and that's, that's like how loud or soft you play, um, and the pedals as well. So, um, yeah, if I were, if I were trying to do something creepy like that, I, I know kind of, I know different keys that I would, that I would probably want to work in and, um, and there's just, there's all kinds of things you can do on the piano to do that. But what, when I'm writing a lot of times, I like to, I love chord progressions. So I like to like play a chord and then play another chord and just kind of come up with a, a chord progression is like um, a, a series of chords in, a or, in order. I guess that's an easy way to, to describe it. And then mm-hmm. I, I a lot of times come up with that first and then I come up with a melody to put on top of that, which is a little backwards. Sometimes I take the melody and then put chords underneath it. But when I'm com- when I'm composing on a thin air, that's how I like to do it. And then I t- I t- a lot of times I like to have an idea like, okay, what what am I trying to do? What kind of style am I trying to write in? Um, what kind of emotion am I trying to evoke? And then um, you know see what comes out. There's not really always a a like a do step A, step B, step C, you know, <laughs> and 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 you'll get your piece. Um, it's different for every composer, uh, unless you are specifically like when I was in college, if you're taking a, a like one of my classes I took was 16th century counterpoint. So that that was music from, um, you know, like the Renaissance period. And and you had to write in that style. And so you had to learn all the rules that the composers back then had to adhere to. And believe it or not, there are specific rules, you know, sir, you can't have this note followed by this note. You can't have this rhythm that like there's so many rules. And so when you followed all the rules, your end product sounded like a piece from that period. So I learned how to do that kind of stuff. But if you're just trying to write out of thin air where you don't have any rules, then sometimes that can be almost overwhelming because <laughs> you're like, where do I start? And I think that's, um, that, that's unfortunate that we get so overwhelmed because music is, even, even to write something basic can be so fulfilling and so beautiful. Um, so I, I always encourage all my piano students to just, you know, sit down and try it because so many of them are like, I can't write music. I'm like, well, I, I it's not like I woke up one day. and was like, I'm, I can write music. You know, you have to kind of you have to try it, try it. And 
I also, one thing that I like to do too, sorry, I feel like I'm rambling, <laughs> but, <No. laughs> um, is, uh, look at, like I said, with the chords, um, there's these things called lead sheets and I would take that. You can take the melody of a piece and then, um, above each measure, there's a chord. It tells you what chord goes with the melody. And so I would play the melody in the right hand and then I would make up whatever I wanted to with the chords and not look at what was written in the bass clef or for the left hand, I would do my own thing. And when I started doing that, I, that's how I got better and better at it. Cause then I started seeing what sounded good. And, um, so that's, that's kind of a way to sort of get into that too, into that field, but yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, and so I, I guess going going off of that actually, it ironically leads into another question of ours, um, was what is the most difficult score arrangement that you have ever written? And like what, what made connecting to that score or arrangement such a difficulty? Um, um, my cabal stomp was pretty tricky. Part of it was because that was when I first started arranging Destiny music. And back then I was really, so excerpt from the ecstasy, I kind of did my own thing. And um, because I, I hadn't posted it yet. And once I found out that people liked it, then I felt like, oh gosh, people are listening now. So now, and now Marty O'Donnell is listening. And, then, and now I got to like make sure I do it right. <laughs> and so like my, my one right after that was Guardian. And I stuck so closely to the track. To where I feel like now when I listen to it, I'm like, Ugh, I could have done it so much better now because I now I have more I feel like I have more freedom and more confidence to add in my own little flair. And back then I was just like, no, no, no. The rhythm is this. The notes are this. I will stay exactly to it. And so Cabal Stomp was my third one. And so, again, it was the same thing. I was trying to really get the power that cabal stomp, you know, that's the mm-hmm. theme that, that cabal, the, da, 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 you know, and so I wanted to really convey that on the piano. Um, and so I did a lot of octaves. So that's really like stretching your hand out a lot to, and I don't have big hands. So it was hard on my hands. And I was just, um, that it was just tricky. It was a tricky one for me. And plus I was under time crunch because I was doing it for, uh, Operation Supply Drop charity stream um, as a way to promote it. They asked me to, the, the people that were putting it on asked me to, to arrange a Destiny piece to um, kind of attach to the event. So I had a very, very short time to do it, which is like a few days. And so that one was really, I was really stressed out about that one, but you know, it came together. Yeah, that that's so, impressive that yeah. you did that in a few days. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was, it's, it's actually, I feel like one of my favorite destiny tracks, um, the cabal stomp. And interestingly enough, when I talked to, um, C Paul Johnson, who's one of the composers, and I believe he was responsible for that actual track too. He said that was almost going to be like, that was like a throwaway track. Like they originally, like they weren't even sure if they were going to use it. And, and it's so funny. Cause that, I feel like that's one of the most recognizable Oh yeah, um, that's tracks and destiny. I mean, everybody when they hear that, they know some cabal are around the corner, you know. Mm-hmm. But, it's actually one of perfect, my favorite ones. Yeah, I, I mine too, and it's so perfect for that enemy too because they're such they're so big and burly, and you feel like you know it sounds heavy and like they're stomping around, and you know, I just I love it. <laughs> well, and that's that. I actually that's that's why I I like it so much is because it's one of the. I mean, it's one of those 
tracks that you you immediately know oh this is a destiny song and not even just oh it's mm-hmm. a destiny song it's like i know exactly what's happening in this right now yeah. so mm-hmm. but um i guess so i, I well and <laughs> we keep we keep introducing segues into next questions i mean this is this is amazing uh mm-hmm. I guess, and that does lead us to the next kind of question: is what for for games specifically? Now, I know, I know, and we we again talked about this a little bit before the show. I know that you're not like a hundred percent. You know, you're you are not a game music writer, um, prof- like professionally. Kind of, you that's something that you're you're building towards. But development wise, as far as music, for from your perspective. Um, would it, how, how does that go about generally does do developers usually let musicians like experience the, the level that they're going to be writing a music for to kind of get a feel for the theme or tone or, you know, how, like how much gameplay or cutscenes do you see before writing the music or is it you write the music and they kind of compromise like how how does that usually what's the well, I, order of events i did ask the composers this question when i last time i went out to seattle and um i think that they well i, I know that they are, are are told a lot about the enemies and the, the environment and what's going on that sort of thing and, and know what kind of what kind of tone that that scene is supposed to have um I, but they don't, I, I don't think that they play the game. I, I don't know if it's actually ready to play at that point. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure if they have the scenes available to see at that point either. I don't know. I don't think they have in destiny mm-hmm. anyway. Um, I think they do sometimes in other games, but they definitely know what's going on. Um, so last time I was out at Seattle, uh, Mike Salvatore, who, by the way, is like one of the nicest guys ever. When I was done talking to talking with them and I asked them questions and everything and got to hear the Rise of Iron music because it was before Rise of Iron came out. Um, he said, he's like, well, I've got to work on this track. You want to you want to come over into my <laughs> studio and and, you what? know, and and help me compose. I was like, yes, please. <laughs> is this a question? <laughs> yeah. And um, and at the time, he was like, well, don't tell anybody this because I, I had to keep it top secret. But now that now the Festival of Lost is going on, I can say. But he said, you know, it, it's a track that's going to play in the Festival of Lost when you're you know in the tower. And so, you know, he's like, you know, I wanted to have like, you know, it's the Festival of Lost is kind of it's 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 sort of like a, uh, these are my words, weren't his words, these were not his words, but, um, you know, it, it has a kind of lighthearted kind of almost, almost like a tongue in cheek sort of mm-hmm. festival. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not really, really scary. And, um, and, and he knew that, um, too. So he's like, we well, you know, I want to, I want to create something kind of in that kind of style. And so, uh, he had some stuff in mind. So anyway, so we kind of worked, I kind of gave my little input here and there. It was awesome. But, um, so, so, you know, he hadn't seen, of course, I guess that's not really a level, but that, you know, he hadn't, he wasn't playing yeah. the Festival of Lost right, or anything or right. in the tower. Um, but they definitely know, like, what's going to happen. Like, many times when I was talking to them, Mike was about to say something and 
And Sky, the other composer, was like, oh, no, no, you can't say that. <laughs> you know, like he's about to, I was like, oh, shoot, what was he going to say? You know, something about the, you know. <laughs> so anyway, so they, de- they definitely know what's going on. I just don't know if they're actually scoring it. I, I don't think they are scoring it for like frame by frame. You know, like you would in a movie where you're right. seeing the actual, you're actually scoring it to the frame. Um, I think it's it's more like they create the music and then they plug the music in later. Um, yeah. Now, that, now that might change, and that might have just been how because originally, you know, they had the music of the spheres, which was a a standalone um, work of music that they composed for Destiny, but it was meant to list, be listened to like a standalone work. So. I think they composed that and then they, they use that music to plug into Destiny. So I don't know if they've kept up with that same because they did it then and they've just kind of kept up doing that same sort of thing. Or if now they look at the, the cutscenes first, I, I'm not sure what's going on them at, at this point. Okay. And Justin, did you have? Yeah. Yeah. I always pictured them uh, scoring cutscenes with the cutscene rolling, just like uh, right. yeah, just like a cinematic scoring mm-hmm. you know kind of goes but uh i do understand there's there's an interactive element here too where you've got pieces of music that are that are initiated based on cues within the game so it's absolutely you're not dealing with a point a to point b narrative that you can press play on and and then conduct over so it's it's I imagine it makes sense that it's it's a much more fragmented process. And and granted, the way Bungie does it might not be the way everyone else does. I mean, this just different uh, people have their different methods. Definitely. Well, when you're actually doing gameplay versus cinematics, because those are kind of two separate things I think that we're talking about. The gameplay mm-hmm. definitely has to be composed in very short fragments. Um, and I did talk about this with Mike also. I was out there. You don't have these very long winding melodies. Um, they have, they're very short melodies because you have to be able to sometimes be done with that and quickly move on to something else. And it's got, you don't want it to sound disjointed. You want it to be very seamless. So you have to have these short, short, short melodies. Um, and then when I guess, I don't know because they have to, because it do, they do that, do it that way. Maybe with the cinematics, you know, they a lot of times they'll take those same themes and um, and just apply it to cinematics too. I don't know, but yeah. um, but that's definitely what you have to do for the gameplay is is have those those uh, pieces that can quickly. And I love that too. Like when you're playing Sep- against Sepix, which was one of my favorite pieces that plays. And didn't you love the guitar version, the electric mm-hmm. guitar, oh, and, yes. and Rise of Iron? So good. Yes. Um, but you know, right at the very end, when you're about to when you're killing him, it quickly changes and to that to that end part and it's and it's like in time with him exploding and it's great like i, I love it <laughs> it's so great yeah, I, I have the gate lords my favorite but um oh, that's a good one too <laughs> yeah but i also also those little bits those little snippets of music aren't really meant to be the focal point and i, I think that they it's a skill Bungie has, and at least in their scoring that I've noticed, in kind of letting the music drift to the forefront when it needs to be, and then kind of fade to the background a little bit, and then the, they'll bring a they'll bring a common theme back and blare it, mm-hmm. kind of like when uh my favorite favorite musical part of anything in Destiny is when Oryx 
shows himself in the King's Fall Raid mm-hmm. when he comes up at the end of that room and that King's Fall theme just blares mm-hmm. and it just kind of comes out of nowhere. I love it. Yeah. I think that yeah. also is really impressive because like for, you know, the the thing that I mostly do in Destiny is patrols and like, you know, I think that just makes it even more impressive. The, the musical underlo- undertones of those levels like that, because like what you're saying is you're, you're, if you're writing those for a very short segment, none of my patrols are short. Um, they're always like two hours. <laughs> and so like, but they're, you know, like you have to write something that is shorter, but at the same time can be extended for that length of time without like, being you know just like you're saying the exact opposite though it's it has to be without disjointed connections and that just i mean to me that's very impressive and you don't want it to to annoy you right right yeah and none of none of them yeah none of them ever have gotten to the well no none of them have ever really gotten scablands mars can be annoying a little bit but that's just because of relic iron (laughs) which you don't want it to be like that you don't want it to be like Danny Elfman's composing your destiny theme. <laughs> now I'm going to get Danny Elfman hate. Let's, let's, <laughs> um, I like Danny Elfman, but you know. I do too. I do too. I want to just listen to him at Christmas time, maybe. Just have it. <laughs> just It's very festive sounding. Um, but... Uh, no, I was, oh, Blue, do you have the next question? I yeah, I was actually going to kind of, um, kind of change. Work in, but. Okay, no, go for it then. Go for it. Because I was going to change, can't change, uh, direction. So if you have one that you have that's rel- related, yeah. go for yeah, it. Yeah, I was just, um, you know, we're all really familiar with your piano work. Um, and as a composer, I was just wondering what's the most pieces you've ever worked with in a composition like uh the most instruments uh you mean that i've composed yes when i've when i've written oh gosh i mean i i don't know the number but i mean i've worked well i guess different types not necessarily not necessarily yeah like for orchestra for orchestra um uh for sure um and then i've done voices as well I've lost. Okay. I don't know. I think my, I, oh, well, the last time I wrote, well, not the last time, but one of the, one of the last times I wrote one, I had so many tracks going on. I crashed my program. So I, I oh, apparently man. I need a bigger, a better computer. So yeah, it yeah, was, so it was, was, it was pretty thick. I was wondering, uh, how is it different for you? Uh, because you, you obviously write on piano. This has always mm-hmm. intrigued me about composers. So you'll you'll obviously write on piano if you're while you're composing, but then you'll go back and obviously well the piano is very versatile. I guess you could do most of the parts on the piano for the other instruments, but is what are the challenges of of uh composing for instruments you ne- you don't necessarily play? Well, I mean, when I was in college, I, I took classes, so I know the range of instruments, but every once in a while I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe this, maybe, you know, this note is too high or too low for it Mm -hmm. to actually, you know, make sense. So sometimes I have to kind of look that stuff up, but not, not really at this point. I kind of, I know, um, you know, 
honestly, probably the hardest thing is just finding samples that sound the most like the instrument because I mean, you can, you can spend a quite a fortune getting really good strings on your computer. Um, those are always the hardest instruments to replicate. But actually what I, when I'm composing, I usually, I don't actually compose on my piano. If I, if I'm composing, if I'm arranging a destiny piece, I definitely go to my piano. If I'm composing a piece, non-destiny, just me composing it. Um, I pull out my keyboard and then I just, I, and I actually, I'm, I, I use the program um, that I write music in and start just adding on the instruments and playing them a little bit and just layering them. Um, it just depends. Like it's just different every time. Uh, but that's usually what I do. I actually don't do much on the piano when I write like that. Oh, wow. And yeah, I, I can't even imagine having that many balls in the air. Like uh, when when I write something for guitar, I'll literally play out a bass line on one string. But that doesn't mean that there's going to be bass. That's just necessarily <laughs> the, <laughs> the bass line of the chords. And I then there's just one instrument. That's that's pretty amazing. <laughs> well, I think it is, it's good to start with what you're familiar with. So if you are new at composing and you play the piano or you play the guitar, use that instrument that you play and start off that way. And then, you know, there's garage band, which is free. The samples aren't the greatest, but that's okay. You know, that's what I started out on was garage band. And then just go ahead and, and start playing with it. You just have to just, just have to do it. You just have to start it. You know, Mike Salvatore, he didn't go to school. He's the lead composer now for destiny. He, um, he didn't go to school for music. Um, he, I always get a little pep talks from him because I'm always, I'm, crazy. I, get, I get in my moods where I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm old, yada, yada. And he said, you know, I didn't write my first video game score until I was 40, you know, and that always inspires me. I mean, he was doing, he did do some jingles before then with Marty, but, but that was when they actually started writing for video game um, scores. And he, and he told me, he's like, I still feel like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, when I, when I was out there, he's like, I still feel like one day they're going to they're going to find out, but I don't know, you know, that I actually <laughs> don't know what I'm doing. And I was like, I think you know what you're doing now, but I, that's also sort of that that's just how us musicians are and composers. We always feel like, um, that we're not good enough that we, we can't do the music justice. You know, the, I, I just think it's a common theme for all composers. Uh, but you really just have to just, just try it. You just have to, you know, start a track, say, Hey, what would it sound like if I put a trumpet in here and maybe it'll sound like garbage. And then you're like, Hmm, I'm going to change this trumpet to a flute and see if that sounds any better. And then maybe it sounds beautiful. You know, you just have to kind of just, uh, try some stuff. Um, getting, getting familiar with chords, I feel like is going to, is probably your most beneficial thing because if you know, like, let's say you're in the key of C major and you know, what's called the primary chords, those are like your most common chords, okay? Which happen to be a C chord, an F chord, and a G chord. Um, if you if you if you play that chord in the piano, for for instance, and then you just took some notes and you used the notes that were in that chord, it's going to sound good. It's not. I mean, it might not sound like the most amazing thing ever, but it's not going to sound bad, you know. So that's kind of I, how I would. That's how I get my piano students to start. Um, and then, you know, you just keep building from there. Yeah. Yeah. I think if if you actually play those chords, you can maybe play like 8,000 songs. Yeah. Right. That already okay. exist. <laughs> yes, they are the most common chords. I mean, 
yet. It might be kind of uh, not the most be, original piece, let's say, but <laughs> yeah, it'll be pleasing to the ear. Yeah, and I also want to say Marty O'Donnell and Mr. Salvatore wrote jingles. Those must that had to be like the most epic toothpaste commercial ever. <laughs> Like, <laughs> well, you, know, you know they're responsible for the um the Flintstone vitamins. You've got to be kidding! Yeah. What we are Flintstone the strong and growing thing. And and strong and oh growing. my god! Yeah, yeah, that was them. No, that's amazing. <laughs> I know, I know, it's so good, right? Yeah, well, that's. I mean, that is timeless. <laughs> I know it's it's a really catchy tune, and you know what? It makes sense to me that like. They were so good because with jingles, you have to have a strong melody. That is the most important thing. It's got to stick in your brain, you know? And so it makes sense that they would kind of go into video games because the melodies of video games, uh, you want them to be memorable as well. And like we said earlier, they can't be long and winding. These long melodies, they have to be short because they have to be able to be flexible. So it kind of makes sense that they would transition into that. Yeah, they they it. definitely made some memorable. That that is literally the favorite my favorite thing I've learned <laughs> doing this podcast <laughs> so far. And Morla said some stuff too, but that's my favorite. <laughs> that's amazing. So um and I know so really really quick, uh I know when when we first when we first started this all you said that one of the your favorite pieces was kind of that that first you know destiny piece that you did um is that would that be like is that your ultimate favorite piece or do you have yeah. anything else that you still like you would that you've written yourself or you've worked on or anything um that you kind of look back and kind of have a it's kind of your creative favorite your personality really kind of I don't know. It, it makes oh, you gosh. smile outside <laughs> and inside. I'm going to stick with destiny stuff again, because I feel like that's what the audience is going to be familiar with. Um, <laughs> but I, I love the excerpt from the ecstasy. Like I said earlier, because I have so much, I have so much um, emotion attached to that piece, you know, cause that just, it, it represented so much to me with everything that was going on in my life at that time. Um, and it was a start of everything, but I also love that piece. I just think it is so, so beautiful. Um, but in addition to that, I love remembrance, which is from the taken King. Mm -hmm. And that, that was another piece that played in orbit once the taken King came out. And, um, I, I just think that one is, you know, what played in orbit was just so simple yet so beautiful and a good example of uh, a very, very, very simplistic piano piece that, People just adore it. And that's what I tell people all the time. That's why the piano is such a great instrument because you can play the most simple melody and it can still be beautiful. Um, so that's definitely one of my favorites. I really love doing the Destiny Boss medley, which is where I took several different of the boss um, mm-hmm. yeah, games and put awesome. it together. That one was really, really fun to do. And like, I just, I like to play it well when I'm like, you know, pissed off or just like <laughs> want to get out some aggression. <laughs> So that one's just fun to play. Um, and I loved, you know what, this last one that I did that I, that I just posted um, with the rights of iron was really, really enjoyable as well, because within that one piece, which is the first track on the rise of iron soundtrack and it's entitled rise of iron. Um, it has, it, it kind of takes you through quite a journey 
uh, emotions too. Um, and, and moods, it starts out, um, very simple. And then the, the, the voices come in and it's, and, and then it gets, um, has a heroic part. It's got a kind of a, a, a sinister part. So it's, that was really fun to play too. Cause it's just, I got to do lots of things with it. Um, I so, said, I don't know. It's so hard. I love so many. I love well, so many of them. It's really hard to choose. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think, I think the, the reason, you know, that question was asked was, um, from some of, some of our, some of the guys and gals in our community who do write, you know, their own snippets of music and stuff like that, they, they always make a, a com, you know, kind of like what you were saying about that common thread between composers is being that, that hypercritical of yourself. Oh, yeah. I think that's oh, just, yeah. I mean, I, I almost want to say that's just a, that's a creative personality trait. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think so too. Yeah. Cause I, 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 Mel, Mel can back me up probably <laughs> a little bit on that one. I was going to say is like that whole entire process that you were describing is very similar to my creative process. Like sitting there and you're like, no, this is not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not representative of, of what you're trying to do at all and you're being super overcritical and then when you have a, a outside view looking at then you're like what are you talking about so I, I i definitely am with blue and thinking that it's just i think it's that the, the that type of creative personality um regardless of what it is that you're doing anytime you create something it's you you never feel like you're doing as good of a job as as you had hoped to do so absolutely and with music too it's like you're trying to you're you're trying to paint a picture with with your with your notes, you know. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to like, or or, or to evoke. I know I can't feel like I keep I've said this phrase so many times tonight, but evoke an emotion out of your listeners, mm-hmm. and that's it's such a subjective thing. It's it's very it, it's it, you can't say oh do A B and C and you will you know you will get it. It, it has so you, there's so much at stake there, and then. Plus, when you're arranging something, then you feel or I feel like I owe it to the original, to the composers to do a good job. I want to do it justice. So I always, you know, I, I'll get some trolls that are on my page every once in a while. I'm like, oh, this this is terrible. The original is so much better. And I'm like, you know what? I, I never said I, I never have made the claim that my stuff is better than the original. I will be the first to say I like the originals better than my stuff. I love the original music. That's why that's why I get so excited. And I want to arrange it for piano just to kind of hear the same piece in a different with a different medium. But, you know, I I always feel like I want to do that original track justice. And mm-hmm. so um, it's really I've had a few tracks, a few covers I've done. I'm like, OK, that was that was pretty good. I got it to just about where I wanted. But most of the time, I'm like, oh, maybe I could have gotten a better take, you know, even in this rise of iron. I'm like, oh, there's like a measure that's a little bit too quiet. I'm like, why? Did, why was that measure so quiet? I should have done it louder, you know. <laughs> and then and then when you put the video on top of that, then I'm like, oh, why did I wear that shirt? I look like I'm putting down <laughs> heavier, you know, <laughs> I'm more blush, you know, so that sucks. But whatever. That's just the, you know, my inner hypocritical girl and me coming out but um so yeah it's uh it's it's very difficult i think for us musicians to to just kind of sit back and relax and just like okay it's fine just enjoy it it's not that big of a deal it'll be fine so yeah and i mean Uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna need username i'm gonna need username (laughs) justin (laughs) (laughs) 
But I mean, I was going to say is, you know, like creative personalities, whenever, whenever people create things, you know, it's, it's usually, I think I, I've always taken it as that, that hesitation and that nervousness is really because, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of exposing yourself to, to others. And that's, that takes a lot of bravery, like, you know, to open up and be like, no, this is what I, this is what I think. And Mm -hmm. music you know, exactly what you just said is music is invoking emotion. So people, people will respond very empathetically with it or against it because it's, you know, it's supposed to be, it's, it is you molding emotions in the, in the sense of your, your listeners more so than, you know, a piece of artwork or a painting or because it is a piece of artwork, um, a painting or a store, a written story, or even, you know, uh, um, I guess any visual media usually is accompanied by music. But, you know, like, you know, a painting, especially you can you can see a painting and be like, oh, that's very that's very pretty because of the technicalities of it. And you can do the same to music. But with music, there's so much more emotion just kind of woven into it. I can see how that that uh, hypercritical nature is very much more tied into the emotional state of a composer than than maybe necessarily an an artist because an artist you know like you were saying you know there's not there's not really there is but there isn't a formula to say hey I want to create this whereas with an artist you know a painter you, you can say okay I need to make the angles you know whatever with music it's just kind of there there's a framework but there's not the framework is kind of that there isn't a framework is always the feeling that i've gotten with some some music um especially the very emotional musics that i've heard is i just again i think this is an amazing amazing topic yeah so, i've always said oh no go ahead desiree oh no, no uh, you think you can go ahead Ahead, oh, <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I've always said, as I've always said, you will never hear people be more opinion, uh, more opinionated about something they know less about than music. <laughs> Even <laughs> someone who knows apps like me, who knows absolutely nothing about music theory, who, you know, it's just all I know is what pleases my ear and what moves me. Um, super, super opinionated. And that's you know, people are passionate about it. And when they're passionate about things, they tend to, you know, respond accordingly. Especially when you are arranging, which is, you know, what I've done so much on my YouTube page is arranging video game music because people, um, they love these games, you know, they love the destiny games. And, and beyond that, you know, I've done like, um, Final Fantasy and Zelda and Mario and some other stuff too. And some stuff that people have like from their childhood that they played. And then, so they've got all these memories attached to that game, you know? And in fact, my, um, my fiance, he was telling me how much he loved Final Fantasy seven and how he liked, uh, Eris's theme. I don't know. Are you guys familiar mm-hmm, at all? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, and I was like, Oh, I've never played that before. And he's like, wait a second. I don't know if I want to play it because I like the original. <laughs> Like, like I was going to mess it up. And he's like, don't do anything too fancy with it, okay? It's supposed to be so like, oh my gosh, like I have some faith in me, you know? But but that, it was funny though, because like that's how it, people can be very protective of the pieces right. that they love with these video games. And I understand it. I understand 100% because I'm the same way too. 
So I really feel like I have to be careful when I arrange stuff and I don't want to ever compromise integrity of the piece and, and really try and stay close to it, but also make it my own. And it's a really tricky line to walk. And, you know, I do the best I can. I don't, uh, um, I probably do it better with some pieces than with others, but um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I definitely think, I mean, music is subjective, you know, period. It just is. And so you're going it, to, it's, it's kind of scary when if because music is so subjective, it's, it's scary entering into that field, but, um, but it's rewarding. So it's worth yeah, but it. If, if you know that you were true to the spirit of the piece and that you performed it to the best of your ability, then, you know, that's, that's, really all that matters. I mean, everyone, like you said, it's subjective. Everyone looks through it or listens to it, you know, kind of through their own set of ears and, you know, you can't please them all. Yeah. Oh, I I had a troll today that said, (laughs) he's like, she's way too animated. This is way too difficult for me to watch. I'm like, are you serious? Like I'm moving at the piano. That's what you're supposed to do. You know, that's, that's the correct way to play the piano is you're supposed to engage your upper body. And I I had to like hesitate, try not to kind of go nuts on him. I was of course on a Reddit thread, but everybody else kind of tore him apart for me. (laughs) You'll be a mannequin and play the piano piece. I mean, I mean, some of the comments, you just have to laugh, you know, every once in a while I'll, I'll get some that, uh, some, some critical comments, but like, you know, they, they might have a point, but sometimes you just get some that are just totally well, out of left field and just like, whatever, well, there's, a just shut up. Between, there's a difference between being critical as long as you're not being, you know, nasty about it. I mean, yeah. that's, I'll take that all day long. Like just, just your honest criticism. I'll take all day long. Um, you know, some of the episodes we've done where, you know, it's been over subjects that I haven't been too, too knowledgeable about like Pokemon and someone's just gonna, you know, come at me and say, Hey, you, you messed up everything. I'm like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, because of this, 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 and this, I'm like, not arguing with you. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see. Putting yourself out there is really hard. Um, it's especially musically. I don't know what what it is personally with when you play that makes it so almost almost like an intimate thing where it's almost like you kind of instinctively feel no one else should be hearing it, and then you realize that that's the whole point of it, and that's a little counterintuitive. But <laughs> to to have you know, thousands of thousands of people hear what you play is a little nerve wracking, but a little amazing at the same time. <laughs> it's pretty fun. I'm I've, I've enjoyed it so much. And um, playing at destiny con was, was so cool. I was incredibly nervous. I have not been that nervous in so, so long because I haven't played in a for a crowd that big. And actually I think ever, because if you count all the people that were watching online, um, but it was so nice for me to feel like I could show, help showcase the, the music of destiny because I, I care about it. I'm so emotionally invested in this music. You have no idea. And I think I, I just love the composers that are there. Um, they're all such great people. And I don't know, I just feel like a lot of times we, we focus so much on the gameplay and, you know, the, 
game modes and all the sorts of the new guns that come out. We don't talk that much about the music and it, it deserves more recognition. So I, I feel an honor to be able to, to highlight that in my, in, in, in the way that I do it. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's fun. You, you did amazing. So I, I actually <laughs> have a funny story about that. Um, about you playing at destiny con. I, I actually, my phone was dead for most of destiny con. So I was like going back and forth from the guardian radio booth. Um, checking my phone and like, you know, whatever, grabbing it with 25% and taking pictures and then putting it back, charging it. And, um, I was actually over there, um, checking my phone when you were playing and blue walks up. He had just got done doing his volunteer gig and he was, you know, we're just talking and he was like, you're Desiree up there. I said, what? <laughs> and, I was like, and he was like, yeah, yeah. Desiree's playing right now. I was like, I thought that was the actual score. <laughs> I literally, no, no, I literally did not catch. There were so many people towards the front of the stage and I was way back on the other side of the divider. I had not even caught that you were on stage. And I thought that it was the actual score. I was like, that's amazing. And I ran over there in time for you to bow. <laughs> <laughs> I was so nervous. I want to get off that stage. When it was done, I was like, I'm getting out of here. I was so overwhelmed because the musician to me, you know, the hypercritical is like, oh my gosh, I missed that note. I had a memory mm-hmm. slip here. I was so overwhelmed when it was done because I wanted it to be perfect. And, you know, it's, it's you're not going to play perfectly. Like, I know this. I tell this to my students all the time. You know, perfect the performances don't exist, but, you know, still. Perfect I was, is boring. Yeah. Perfect is boring. <laughs> uh, like, literally, I was sitting there thinking, it's nice of Bungie to let them play this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, and then I, I, shortly thereafter i mugged you on your way out and said hey <laughs> yeah and i actually i was supposed to have my music but they um they forgot to put out a oh. um a stand for me so i had to do it from memory which is why I completely screwed up Cabal Stomp because that was the one that I didn't have memorized. <laughs> so I played like the first two notes. I was like, bum, 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 bum. I was like, crap, what comes next? I'm like, okay, just going to move right on to the next piece. <laughs> I played like three notes of it, which is too bad because everybody loves it. But yeah, I I, uh, I had some memory slips, but I, hopefully like, I covered them up enough. <laughs> it was like a Cabal shuffle. Let's <laughs> yeah. transition to the next one. Because yeah, because didn't you... Was that when you uh, lost your music too? Did- oh, then I left it there. I oh. still don't. I still haven't gotten it back yet. Yeah. Because I remember, I remember seeing, I remember seeing the tail end of that conversation. I was like, yeah. oh no! I uh, left my. You know, I at this point, I just want it back for nostalgia reason, mm-hmm. reasons. Um, because I, it's like my handwritten in the very like extra from the ecstasy oh. the very first one like all my all my stuff is in there and i just kind of want it because i have at this point i can print out other stuff that i've had in there that wasn't destiny related and i have most of it memorized and i had another copy of um a few other copies of stuff but but yeah i do want to get it back i'm so sad about it <laughs> but it is there in the office they did find it i just haven't gone down oh, to Tampa okay. to get it <laughs> so so you're just going to get it next year yeah, or uh, no. sometime I'm down there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like okay. That's overnight it to you. Yeah. 
Well, this is the 21st century blue. <laughs> oh, <laughs> do they do they have something better than Pony Express now? <laughs> no, Justin. No, nothing. Yeah, yeah. No, they do. They do. They do. <laughs> I mean, because you know, you know, the, those horses are really dependable. You're, you're really. You're <laughs> Especially if there's snakes involved. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Desiree, god. Desiree, for some for some uh background here. I actually used to have a, mor- a, mor- a maraca. <laughs> oh god. Oh god. And it was my it was like my my first month or two of streaming. I had a pet rattlesnake <laughs> named Karen. And I would just like shake the maraca really fast by the mic. Um, I wish I had it now. I can't find it. <laughs> Hobbit um, stole it. Hobbit met, might have stole it. He's amazing at the Morocco. He's like an idiot savant. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, did we have a, a Green Knights question? Yeah, that's what I was actually going to say. Is um, kind of a kind of a change here, just a little bit, but like in regards to recording, like how does how does recording a studio recording for a game, how is that different? Or I, I guess this is more of a question. Do you know, how is it different than for that, for like a movie or a TV show or something like, you know, more form, I guess it, is it more formalized? I don't really know, but how, how does that differ between the two mediums? Okay. Well, so for TV, a lot of times, You'll hear they use music libraries a lot of times unless they have a a music writer on staff. And so you'll write like like if you if you go to a music library and this is what I was trying to get into years ago when I first started writing. I I would write instrumentals are about a minute long or two minutes long. And then you get basically put into a music library and then a TV show will come and say, "Okay, we're going to look for something cheerful, upbeat and. The, the music library will give you several different tracks and they can listen to it. And then they plug it in wherever they want to use it. Um, that's usually how that works. And sometimes though, for some show, like big shows, <clears throat> they'll have a writer, like I said, like on staff that always does their stuff for them. Um, for movies, you know, you're going to see it frame by frame and uh, it depends on what the budget is. You know, you might actually have a full orchestra. Mm-hmm. You might, you might do like what I do or use a keyboard and then you input it. Um, for destiny, they, I think what they do is what they, they would well, actually I know what they do is they use pro tools. They would do that on like on the keyboard, put, figure out all their instruments and then later do live recordings of not all the stuff, but some of the stuff. In fact, um, the Tanix theme, um, which is, oh, now I'm drawing a blank. Hold on. Um, dun, 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 I'm not, I think I'm a little off on the tune. But anyway, I don't know if you remember it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you recognize if you heard it. But anyway, it has a very, very, sh- like, a really strong attack. And they actually did that with live with the strings. And, and this attack wasn't quite what they wanted. So they put, layered on top of it. Um the a a um uh oh gosh from a oh gosh it's it's like one o'clock my time and i yeah, can yeah, tell, yeah, no, I, no. I feel 
like my words are escaping my head. Um, from a, from the from a from the computer, they they did sampled strings oh, on okay, top of okay. that to give it a stronger attack. What they wanted. So some, I know they've mixed in some of that with the Destiny. So sometimes they have some stuff that's actual live instrumentations, and of course they have the singers uh, heavily um, on this uh, on the Rise of Iron. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, so I yeah, heavily true. used. So, so yeah, okay. It's, it's, so basically, it's it's different. It can it can be it can be the same for all three um, TV, video games, movie, but it can be different as well. So, just depends on your budget mostly. Right, <laughs> right. It, it costs I mean, a lot for a full orchestra. Oh yeah, yeah. Just, just I can, man. That so that's really that's really an interesting idea too. Is like the augmentation of live music with with the i guess the i guess it would would be digital recordings i'm assuming yeah. is kind of the mm-hmm. yeah that's really kind of i never even thought like i know you can digit i know you'd have digital and i know you have like i guess it's acoustic but I had to search for that word for a minute that was <laughs> um but like i never i never even thought to to blend the two to make a more powerful record that's that's an interesting idea mm-hmm. so yeah um justin you got anything else yes um i've got a a regrettable moment where i'm actually put desiree on the spot oh no I'm sorry i'm sorry no uh <laughs> igor stravinsky actually said lesser artists borrow great artists steal so i just was wondering if you could have stolen one piece of music and say this was yours. Any piece of music, what would it have been? I'd have to say the Rhapsody in Blue by George Gershwin. Gershwin, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love I, that I piece. I thought that was coming. I'd been I've been holding that in the holster. And <laughs> I knew it was <laughs> But you know, I've got so many favorites too. I love Tchaikovsky. I love I, I I love all the ballets that he's written. Um I like gosh, I mean I love a lot of classical composers. But uh, I, I probably if I had to say a piece, I would say Rhapsody Blue. Oh shoot! See now I'm thinking of a bunch of other ones too. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna just go with that. I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> I like WC a lot too, so I'm thinking of some WC pieces yeah. too. But <laughs> no, that's amazing. I, I love that. That's your favorite piece too. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a great. Piece. Everyone, everyone loves Mozart. Oh no, I don't love Mozart. I hate Mozart. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> it's That's my amazing. least favorite. No, I don't like Mozart. It's my least favorite era of classical music. Is it's it's actually called the classical period. I don't like it. It's boring. I don't okay, actually. So I don't really like Baroque either, which is Bach. I'm not. I'm not really into Baroque. I mean, I had to play it, and and I like some stuff, but yeah, no. It's, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a romantic. I like the big dynamics and the, all the emotion and the turmoil. I like that stuff. <laughs> so oh let's see i'm trying to think do i think we had we had one other question and i don't know desiree if you i don't know how if you want to try to answer this one it's kind of a kind of a random question but basically it's when when people are working on you know a score so like uh if you're working on a score for a game or a movie or anything like that um they were they were just curious do do you know if they 
the composers, do they go home and write music for them? Like, do they write personal music on the side, um, outside of the professional? I, I, I don't know how, like, how does that, how does, is that normal? Do they, do they kind of have like their own personal, I guess, is it portfolio? It's not really, a, I guess it's kind of a port. It's not like an artist would have a portfolio, but mm-hmm. like, does the composer do the composers kind of have that segregation as well, or is that something that they kind of just pour everything into the the music that they're writing for the the job at the the moment? Gosh, I don't, I I can't speak for all the composers. I'm sure it's different for everybody. Right? Yeah. Uh, I I will say that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think that a lot of times melodies will come to you mm-hmm. and uh, when you're in other places. And um, I actually, I had a conversation with Mike Salvatore about remembrance, which everyone loves so much. I know that piece meant a lot to him because it, he was inspired by that piece. He was outside of Bungie when that happened. And it was kind of a personal story, so I won't get the details of it, but it was kind of something that was happening in, in his life that meant a lot to him. That was really personal to him. And so it was, um, I think kind of sparked by that external thing and didn't really have to do the destiny world, but then it lent itself very well when he went, you know, to compose and for destiny or well, not, he was composing for destiny at the time too. Mm-hmm. But I think that like, he was able to kind of take that little melody that he came up with and, and um, expand it into remembrance. So um, I, I don't think it's not like our, our creative mind just shuts off. Right, uh, right. When I'm when I'm when I'm like in the zone of writing, of when I've been writing for a few days, uh, I'm a lot of times I'm in the car. That's what I'm really thinking of, and it actually is really quite dangerous. Like I feel like <laughs> I am a much dangerous driver when I'm proposing. <laughs> that like if I had like three alcohol, alcohol drinks in my system, I probably would be a better driver than when I'm trying to compose because <laughs> I get so lost in my mind. I will end up someplace I'm like I don't even remember getting here. I don't even remember going through lights. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> I am glad I'm alive. It did not kill anyone. But um, yeah, so so I, I think that you don't really shut it off. But whether you are composing for fun or whether you are just composing outside of your work environment, it, but you're still composing for work, I mean, I don't know. It just, I guess it depends on, you know, what deadlines you have coming up or right. whatever. So. Well, I mean, yeah. like for, for you, and I know this, you don't have to answer this question, but I'm just curious. Do you have any pieces that you've composed that you will probably never let anyone hear? Oh gosh. Yes. Okay. Are you kidding me? Okay. All my early I, I, I'm assuming. Wait, I mean, I'm, that, I'm assuming the answer was yes, but. I, oh you know. yeah, of cuts, course. The deep well, there's, cuts. There's, a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that you don't ever really perfect. you know what I mean? That you, right. you kind of just start it, but then you don't ever really get to where like, Oh, I'm not really comfortable. i having everybody hear that. Or it's kind of always a work yeah. in progress. So yeah, for sure. There's going to be stuff that people aren't going to hear. Well, I mean, like something that that you wrote something way too hard, way too hard for me. (laughs) I've done that on numerous occasions. Been like, this will be really good. It would sound really great if I were better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess I was saying like something that like not necessarily that you're keeping to perfect, but something that you you think is done, but you have no intention of ever like it's something that you did for yourself entirely like i don't i don't know like so something that's really personal that yeah. you want to share you mean yeah um i don't think i have anything right now okay actually i take that back okay 
I have I have a best friend. I had a best friend, Kimia, and um, I was going to write a song in her honor, and I did write a song in her. Then I never really, um, I didn't I didn't publish it, mm-hmm. or I did I didn't put it out there, and I kind of feel like I don't want to at this point. I just right. kind of want to keep it. But it's interesting how sometimes when I I start writing songs and I'll start using some of those same chords I accidentally, I'm like, nope, that's too close to our song. Nope, not going to do it because it's like to me that's really special. So that's. That is one song that I probably won't share, but, um, but I don't really have anything else. No, I mean, in, in, like I said, I'm sure there's people who had asked that and they just like glare at me. So, cause I mean, like, you know, by, (laughs) by asking it, they're like, I'm sharing it. You, you were for it. So, yeah. Yeah. But I know, I know also like there's times that I'll, I'll write stuff and it's like, yeah, that's awesome. No one's ever going to see that, but that's really cool. I'm really proud. I wrote that. I don't know why I wrote it because like I said, no one's going to see it, but um, like, it's like 80% of what I do. I wasn't going to say that, but you know, <laughs> well, and sometimes I'll sit down at the piano and really kind of just use it as a therapy session. So if mm-hmm. I'm feeling down or if I'm upset or whatever, I'll just sit down and start playing, but I don't really remember <laughs> what I'm doing. So I can't like, remember. Oh yeah, I did that yesterday. So, um, that's actually that's kind of the biggest problem with me as I write stuff all the time that I forget what I wrote if I don't write it down or record it and I'm like mm-hmm. crap and I, at the time I'm like I, there's no way I'm gonna forget this I won't forget this and then I forget <laughs> the next I'm like oh my gosh how did I forget that melody it was so strong yesterday <laughs> you know apparently just record everything <laughs> and yeah. into the cloud it won't hurt your storage space <laughs> Well, I know, <laughs> I know, I know it's, I know it's late for you. Cause I think you're, you're an hour or two ahead of us. Um, so I guess, you know, that's, that's all the questions we had from, from our community. Uh, and let me see, do we want to let, let her go get, get, uh, yeah, get some I think sleep. We'll let her off for good behavior. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry guys i feel like i no no so much no. tonight no. I, I should have gotten some more caffeine before i got on here that's that's me like every day so <laughs> no, you you did great feel mm. free to edit as much as you want out of oh, it because no, i know no, no. i know i went on and on <laughs> not not at all not at all um so shout outs. Normally we do normally we give a couple shout outs, you know, just before final comments. Um, do you have any that you would like us to put in put in recording? I guess I would love for people to come to go visit my YouTube. That's my biggest thing. But I mean, I do stream as well. And I am trying to do more streaming a piano, um, like more music streaming. So that would be but really getting people out to support my YouTube and check out my latest Rise of Iron cover would be probably the biggest thing I'd want you to emphasize. Wonderful. And we will, of course, put links to your Twitch and your YouTube in the show notes for when this episode drops, which I I think we'll be dropping it the first Saturday of December. So those of you those of you who are obviously listening, that will be when. So and we're going to, I think we're going to try to finalize the schedule for the, for the behind the scenes to kind of be about the first Saturday every three months. But we'll, we'll talk about that in the discord chat a bit. Mel, okay. do you, do you have any comments or shout no, outs? This is really interesting. I, 
I love music and I've always dreamed of trying to get into music. So I was just sitting here like a sponge the whole entire time. <laughs> so it was really interesting. So thank you for being here and uh, giving some of your insight on what you do. Um, especially I, I, I love it because I mean, I do a lot of creative stuff. So hearing someone that is in a completely different genre of creativity and listening to what your creative process is was really interesting. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank what, what do you do creatively? What do you, are you? Um, I do, I make costumes and I paint and I draw. So that's okay. kind of my realm. It's, um, I like to say I, mixed media is the best way to describe it. Awesome. So, well, well, just for the record, I didn't necessarily agree with what Blue said earlier about paintings not evoking emotions oh. and all that sort of stuff. That was not <laughs> yeah. the message. That was not the message. <laughs> oh, that was so not the message. Oh, crap. Yeah, I know, that, I know that wasn't really your. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I knew that's what you were trying to get at. I'm and totally like, going to get in trouble for that. But, but, I'm not going to stick you to it, but I know what he's trying to say. But yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm, kind of inten- I'm kind of intentionally uh, yeah. taking that out Just of context. For the record, but painters are people too. Painters are people too. Yeah, yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. Go get, go get the cross and nails. I'm going to get crucified for that comment. Yeah. <laughs> All right, just well, I, I enjoyed oh. it. Thank you so much. Uh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, I, no, just, no, I, no. I, I was responding to Mel. Thank yes. you. <laughs> Someone stepped on blue. Um, so no, I was just gonna say a big shout out to Desiree for joining us. Um definitely everybody should check out all of her uh different avenues to see what she does. YouTube, Twitch. Um, do you have a SoundCloud? Desiree? I do have a SoundCloud, but I haven't really been utilizing it, but I'm hoping okay. to. That's cool. That's cool. It's, uh, it's, uh, Lady Desiree also. Okay, cool. So I, I love the consistency across platforms. <laughs> you got my vote. Branding. Um, it's called branding. <laughs> it is. That's exactly what it's called. Um, but yeah, so I just really appreciate her coming in here and, and giving us a little insight as to, you know... It's it's really easy to just listen to the pretty strings and the you know and all the pretty sounds that comes out of the comes out of the screen before us and and you think that's real pretty but I have no idea how that happened and uh, it's it's really cool to get a little bit of insight and also I'm never letting go of the fact that Marty O'Donnell and Mike Salvatore did a Flintstones commercial. <laughs> Yeah, hanging on to that forever. Um, but yeah, and uh, as far as other shout outs, just uh, Blue and Mel, thanks for joining us. You know, joining me every every week. And uh, all everyone who tunes in and listens. Well, with that, we'll begin just to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to listening to our to our ramblings. If you'd ever like to join us, we do stream every week over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Uh, links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on www.focusfirechat.com. Thank you again, Desiree, for jumping into the chat. We really appreciated having you as part of our conversation. And please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any feedback or questions concerning the podcast. And let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback on iTunes or through email as well. Also, be sure to check out our partner podcast within the Guardian Radio Network over on the guardiansofdestiny.com. 
So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.